Hey, everybody, it's Christian Pedersen joined by Dan Dickow. You're back for another episode of the Gonzaga Nation podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We've got a mailbag edition right now where we're going to send the, the questions that you guys submit to us for Dan to answer. Dan, the first one we got kind of from every corner of the Internet right now. Last <laughs> week plus, there's been a lot of conference realignment news. People want to know your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, we we did cover it earlier this week, uh, a little bit more in depth, but it's a question that continues to come up. There's been lots of great articles written after first Colorado going to the Big 12. And then a few days later, um, you know, leading into this past weekend, the news of UW and Oregon going to the Big 10 and then almost simultaneously uh, announced Arizona, Arizona State, Utah going to the Big 12 and it leaves 12 schools down to four uh in the pac 12 so um you know obviously then that leads the question for people listening to this with their gonzaga interest is what does that leave gonzaga what does it do you know and i think it's one of those things where again gonzaga fans just have to be patient and understand that um you know mike roth before and now chris stanford and mark few have always made solid terrific decisions leading the athletic department and in particular you know, the basketball program. And, and that goes to, you know, Coach Few staying, that goes to building McCarthy Athletic Center, the practice facility. Um, you know, they've had hardly any missteps um, in building the foundation of the program and building the athletic department up to the level that it is. You know, now there's an opportunity where they've, they're going to have to make a decision soon. Um, what those are, we don't know yet, but we know that they've flirted with the Mountain West in the past. We know that there's been conversations over the past few months with the Big 12 and or the Pac-12 that people maybe don't, didn't know about. Um, but I, I think, you know, there's going to be, I would imagine there's going to be some more uh, solid news in regards to Gonzaga and the WCC, I would think, in the near future. Another question we got submitted to us, Dan, was what's next for Washington State? Yeah, I know, you know, being from this side of the state, a lot of people are Gonzaga fans and WSU fans. Um, and so they're kind of, you know, kind of dip their toes into, into both fan bases, kind of following them. And that's a tough one. That's a difficult one. I don't like the fact that UW and WSU are not going to be in the same conference anymore. Uh, I just I don't like that. I understand why UW would do it. I do remember a few months back there was a – a a quote partnership that was a said that hey if UW and WSU are going to move conferences they're going to do it together well the almighty dollar spoke for UW uh, and it pushed them to the Big Ten it didn't speak for Washington State so it's kind of putting them uh, in limbo trying to figure out exactly where they're where they're going to be in the next couple of years does that mean the Pac-12 expands adding some teams does it mean there's a merger with the Mountain West does that mean that maybe Washington State and probably Oregon State, which both kind of fit geographically as far as college towns and size of universities, would those schools fit in the Mountain West? Um, it's hard to say. Uh, I do know that, you know, it's going to be uh, an interesting, difficult pill to swallow, I'm sure, for a lot of fans in the state of Washington, whether you're a Husky or a Coug, that the Apple Cup is going to be changed in many ways. It might be something where I know the athletic departments right now are saying they're going to keep the series going. Um, but with conferences expanding and having so many quote guaranteed games, they have to play in league. It's not going to open up many, uh, you know, opportunities for rivalry games. Um, so that being the case, I hope both schools 
uh, definitely keep that a priority in scheduling moving forward because um, you know, it's something that I, I, you know, I know a lot of people look forward to every single year in whatever sport it is that they follow close. Final question we got, Dan, a reminder, if you guys want your questions answered by Dan, make sure you tag us on social media, Fan Nation Zags, or you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts by searching in Zag Nation. Dan, so much talk, so much hyperbole. Like this has become a little bit of a soap opera and melodrama about where is everybody going? Who's realigning with what? Where is everyone going to wind up? Do you think the players care about it nearly as much as the fans do? Or is this something that is juicy and delightful for us to talk about? But, you know, ballers going to ball and they just want to play. Yeah, I think for the players that are in college right now, I don't think it it really is much of a thought to them. They've committed to the school and or program or the NIL program that they feel is best for them leading into this college season. You know, I, I think – you know, what it might do at the end of this year when you see all these Pac-12 teams realigning to different leagues, you might see some players being like, no, that doesn't fit me. I, I didn't play much at this at this level. Uh, we're going to to change conferences, and I don't think I, I'm going to work there. I need to go find a different opportunity. Um, so I, I think there's going to be a little bit of that. Uh, I think there's going to be a little bit of, uh, you know, disappointment for some of the players that have already played in a rivalry. I mean, you know, for someone who might have, played in the USC UCLA rivalry in a particular sport. It's not going to change much because you're going to stay in the big 10 together. But, you know, as kind of alluded to in the previous question, the Apple cup, UW and WSU, what if these two schools don't play together uh, against each other uh, every year? You know, that's something that a lot of players, if you're going to a state school or a regional school that you kind of grew up um, aspiring to be a part of, and now all of a sudden some of these rivalry games that you grew up maybe watching aren't, you know, maybe as big a part of the, the the seasonal schedule or not as big a part of the calendar, yes, it's going to change some things. Um, so I, I think it might change. Uh, uh, it's not going to change for players too soon now, but I think the recruitable athletes, if they're not keeping an eye on what league their schools are, are recruiting them in are currently in, and or maybe moving to, you know, they they could be in for for a, a disappointment. You know, for example, uh, say you were, you know, being recruited, you know, to say let's just use Oregon State as an example, and you were ready to go to Oregon State, and you were excited to play USC, UCLA this year as a freshman, and you were Arizona and all these different schools, and all of a sudden you look up and you see you're in the Mountain West, and there's nothing against a Wyoming, a Colorado State, um, but a Colorado you're there's nothing against those schools but all of a sudden you look and you're playing against you know Mountain West opponents as opposed to Pac-12 or on the flip side say you know you're at Colorado and you go to the Big 12 now all of a sudden you know you're playing against Kansas you're playing against Texas Tech you're playing against Baylor um you know I think you got to be really eyes wide open right now as a recruitable athlete about where your true level lies as to where you can have success and maybe not be recruited over every single year. Cause many times the higher level you go, you have more of an opportunity to be recruited over every year, as opposed to being the guy. So you got to figure out what's important to you playing time, rivalry games, uh, where, what league you play in to go experience playing in different places, uh, making it to the NCAA tournament. Cause that's something we haven't even touched on is the college football championship series for football. Uh, we haven't touched on the NCAA tournament and how bids will so suddenly be allotted because 
each school that gets into the NCAA tournament and wins, you get a bid share. And that money is then dispersed amongst all teams in the league. And that's a big part that people don't realize is driving this too, is, is if you have, are in a league that creates a final four team or a team that gets into the national football game uh, championship, you're, you're spreading, uh, you're getting a piece of a pretty large chunk of money. So um, that's a big piece as well that I think student athletes have to look at is where, where are the conferences? uh, Where is the school and the conference that they're in and the experiences and the ability to play and have success going to lead them to? A lot more complicated layers to being a college kid now than just so many. Yeah, man, I want to be part of the Apple Cup. Yep. Yeah. Well, then what's the other thing is, you know, some of these higher level programs in, in big leagues have great NILs. But don't forget, if you go to a, a big school, if you're a recruitable athlete and you're not a priority, you're not going to get a big chunk of NIL where maybe for you, that's important to you. You could go be a absolute standout in a college town. And I'll just use Montana state for an example, you know, Bozeman's great. You could go to Montana state and be a standout, maybe start for three years, all league, and you get NIL money for three years. Now, I don't know what the NIL situation is there, but I would imagine if, if you're a standout at that level, you might be making a lot more money in NIL than you would as a third or fourth string um, in a power conference. So there's lots of different things you have to look at and, and consider right now as a recruitable athlete. Worst spot to be at, and this joke or commentary only applies to probably like you, me, and five people listening, but the worst spot to be at in college athletics is to be a recruited athlete that's not a guaranteed starter. It's it, it's 24-7, 365 stress. Like either be like you and be an All-American untouchable. You're like, no, nah, Dan's, not, Dan's not in danger on this roster. <laughs> or be the walk-on that they're like, yeah, we have three of them. Just we don't know their names, but they're the Star Trek registered extras that if someone gets killed off on this episode, it's them. But like, they're not, we're not, we're not paying them to be here. So great. Yeah. Don't be in that middle ground. Don't be a recruited athlete who's sitting second or third string or something like that. It's an awful, awful hellish landscape. Yes. Uh, but yeah, those are our questions for this week's mailbag. Make sure you guys send them in to Fan Nation Zags to add on all your social. You can get a hold of Dan at Dan Dickow21. We'll be back next week with more Gonzaga Nation podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your get your shows. Talk to you guys soon.